Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbert Herbach. <laughs> What's up? Uh, why, is that, why is that so funny? Yeah, you got a know, funny like, name, pause, huh? Yeah, you like paused that <laughs> word. I don't know if, it, I don't know if it, maybe the Wi-Fi just glitched on you. I'm not sure. Yeah, delivery was on point. Uh, the comedic comedic value of, of this show is pretty fucking next level. Um, <laughs> sure. Also, last but not least, as always, uh, Trey, Stinky Fingers, Jose. What's the haps and the craps? What's crapping in? All that good stuff. Hey, did you introduce yourself? Or did you just jump straight to me? I always introduce myself first. Did you? Yeah. Oh, like you just did. I feel like did the tagline. I just jumped into the me and Trey. Yeah, he always does. Nope. This Jim. Most important first. That's a very important part of the show <laughs> is introducing myself. So, like super important. I, ne- I never I. forget that. <laughs> uh, welcome about in. me. Welcome in. It's all about me, Jim. Um, but no, uh, thanks for listening. This is the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast. NFL draft recap. Cap. 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 <laughs> no cap. No oh, caps God. indeed. Uh we're going through every single team and their fantasy relevant draft picks and talking about our opinion on those draft picks uh while drinking a couple brewskies. A uh, couple's a light statement, but yes, definitely. <laughs> Um, so today I think we're going to be going over, uh, oh, we didn't split it up. We're just, it's going to be two separate episodes, half the NFL this round in alphabetical order and then the other half. So, um, if you haven't already hit us up on Twitter at the FF fathers, uh, that is where we sometimes communicate with the fantasy community on there. Um, when we feel like it, but <laughs> if you're new to the show, it's a pretty, uh, pretty meat potato show. Um, not a whole lot of bells and whistles, but that's just kind of how we operate. Uh, long time fantasy football players, uh, or spanning decades now. Um, so yeah, we just like to have fun and, uh, talk fantasy football and drink a little bit and see what happens. So, I uh, appreciate you all listening. What else? Anything else you guys want to say? We're old as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Hell yeah! Let's bring this show right oh, now. We're talking like oh, yeah. I'm just saying, man. Like 30 plus years of fantasy experience, it's uh, it makes you feel old. But yo, we're about it, and you said everything that touches on it. We like to fuck around, and we talk about fantasy football. That's all we do. That's all we do. Um. All right. Cool. Uh, Let's hit some of the big news points before getting into the actual draft picks. Um, Lamar got his bag, and it's Louie. To quote the late, or not late, great, but great Deion Sanders. Uh, Lamar Jackson signed a five-year extension with Ravens worth $260 million. Uh, 185 million guaranteed league record signing bonus of 72 and a half mil, no trade clause and a no tag clause. 
So can't get much better than that. They finally got it done. No agent needed. Congratulations, Lamar Jackson. Yo, I, before you say this, I just want to say congratulations to him with working with him and his mom to get this done. Because me and my mom do not get along at all. If this would have happened, I would have signed a five-year extension worth fucking $20,000. <laughs> yeah, no, my mom would have been, she'd be the worst agent. Like, they're offering you two mil? Fucking sign that shit. Sign it. Uh, in all reality though this is like it's it's a crazy contract but correct me if i'm wrong or bigger to be here um he still doesn't have the same amount of guaranteed money as deshaun watson no No. uh it's actually third in overall guaranteed money behind deshaun watson and also kyler murray is it behind kyler yeah he's thought kyler was like 160 no kyler i think was at 190 or maybe even maybe even touch 200 but yeah can we all agree that Lamar Jackson is the better of the three quarterbacks? Of course. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So that, yep. that's, that's crazy to me. He, he yeah. definitely deserves, uh, I guess, more considering the market, but it's still a big come up for him. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, kind of money. he really needs to give a big round of applause to Jalen Hurts because if Jalen Hurts' deal doesn't get done, then this Lamar Jackson deal probably doesn't get done either. You don't think so? Yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray is not a similar play style, but. What what once uh, you know Kyler Murray's contract got established, I feel like Lamar Jackson was just like fuck yes. Well, you mean because Jalen he can Hurts. do everything. Kyler was signed last year. I'm talking about because Jalen Hurts was signed a week before this deal, and they basically used that deal as the parameters for this deal, and just added somebody on top of it. No, I do mean Kyler Murray because he is everything Kyler Murray is and much more. So once he saw that last year, he was like, okay, I understand what the baseline is. Yeah, I mean, the crazy thing is, like, there were reports that he turned down a $200 million deal that was all guaranteed. So, or at least a deal that had $200 million guaranteed to it. So, it's surprising yeah, signed for less. And that was before Jalen. That was before Jalen, yeah. So, I don't know if maybe they made up for it because they gave him that ridiculous signing bonus. Um, and it, it should be uh, slightly noted by him not having the agent. If he did, the agent would take, like, the 2 or 3% fee, which would have been, like, $7 million. Apparently, he turned that around and directly gave it to his mom. Hell yeah. Okay. That's Apparently I have to give birth to a Olivia <laughs> Athletic black kid and be set for life. Yeah, you better go back to Atlanta. <laughs> oh, trust me. When I was down Trying in Atlanta, down woman. in the south, <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, I almost I almost planted some seeds, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Got, got Honestly, seed. the other thing about this deal that's crazy. So the no trade clause is pretty common, but the no tag clause is something that I don't know if I've ever actually heard of being into a contract. So, I mean, if him and Lamar, if Lamar Jackson and the Ravens end up going down a path like they had the last couple of years where it seemed like the relationship was not great, after this five year contract, he's gone. There's nothing the Ravens can do about it. Yeah. He gets to basically choose his destiny, his own path. But how old is Lamar? Um, like 27, 28. I don't think he's even hit 30. Already? Yet. There's no way. I'm just going to say that right now. There's no way he's that old. 26. 24. 26. Oh, really? I mean, you know, this so is his second. 31 at the end of this contract. Yeah, still very much in his prime. And if he doesn't get injured, continues to produce like he does, 
I can't imagine the money he's going to be making because it, it keeps increasing every year. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, 15 I mean, years like, ago, you hear about a contract like this. Insane. Well, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't hear about a contract like this, yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe Burrow's next. Um, mm-hmm. Who else? Herbert. Justin Herbert's probably going to get his. Uh, there's not many guys, but um, yeah, that's basically the guys we're talking about. So, anyways, congratulations, Lamar. Seems like uh, the front office is turning it around. Uh, they're definitely acquiring weapons. OBJ overpaid him for sure, but um, if that's what Lamar wants, that's what Lamar gets, and I think that's kind of the the message right now. So, um, also drafted a pretty good wide receiver, so I think we'll be talking about him this episode or the next, but either way, no, we'll be, be talking one. about him. It'll be this one, um, and also hopefully you get Rashad Bateman with for a full season, another year of development should be help, helpful as well. And we shouldn't uh, discount the new offense coordinator who came from Georgia. And That's Georgia had a too, yeah. really high prolific offense last couple of seasons, and he's going to change this offense to where it won't be so heavily run centric, which should help actually keep Lamar probably a little more healthy and you know take some hits off of him. For sure. So, JK um, Dobbins looking good. Yeah. No, I think the yeah. an opened up packing uh passing attack will actually help the running game overall as well because it won't make it so the defense can't, you know, pack eight in the box on every play. Mm. I fuck mm. with the Ravens, but I like what you're saying. Um let's move on. Another quarterback. Uh Got what he wanted. The New York Jets and the Packers finally agreed to trade quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Awesome. Uh, The trade included a 2023 (laughs) first-round pick swap. The Jets also received Aaron Rodgers and a 2023 fifth-round pick. The Packers received a second-round pick this year, a sixth-round pick, and a 2024 second pick. That becomes a first if Rodgers plays 65% of snaps. I wish he will. Believe yeah, that's that a foregone conclusion. Will. So that pretty much is a first next year. So, yeah, that's it, man. Aaron Rodgers is, is a Jet. He's yeah, in should, York. Be in, should be interesting to see. I mean, obviously, he's already there at camp. He was at the uh, Knicks game last night with a bunch of his teammates and the head coach, Robert Sala. So he's clearly trying to involve himself in the team and like bring them together. So something he hasn't done a whole lot of in Green Bay in recent seasons. So I think you're going to see a whole maybe a different mindset from Aaron Rodgers this year. And, you know, he wants to be fully involved. It'll be interesting to see what happens that way. Um, I know we brought up slightly before the uh, we start recording, but it is interesting that Caesars had the Jets at nine and a half wins total before the trade. And they kept them at nine and a half wins after the trade. So they don't see Aaron Rodgers being a huge boon to this team for whatever reason. It's either that or they knew it was a foregone conclusion that he would be going to the Jets already and yeah. had the had the book slated for that ahead of time. Is what Could I would I don't, yeah. think, I don't think they can do that because people will take bets on it before the trade. Well they, that's why they would do that. <laughs> because they knew he was gonna go. Um, that motherfuckers be deep. They, Those they books, know, they know way more than anyone else, I would imagine. Uh, <clears throat> so I, I would imagine that they had their book set up could prior be. to could the be. trade, um, assuming that the trade was going to get done or knowing that the trade was going to get done at some point. Yo, I, I've talked about this plenty of times in the last year, 
I like the Jets. I think they're on the come up. They've got a solid defense that's young and good. The record doesn't really reflect that. And now they have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, which is really the only thing they're missing. Which a lot of and a lot of good playmakers. I mean, you got out of the backfield on the out out wide. It's great. The one thing that's a little scary is that their offensive line's not great. Um, they're it's their only weakness. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and they got leapfrogged for the top four tackles in the in the draft this year. So that's the one thing that can worry you a little bit because right now, at least for their tackles, they are relying on Dwayne Brown, who's like thirty eight years old, and then Mackay Becton on the other side, who's played like six games in his three-year career because he can't stay healthy. Yeah. Mm. But so much potential with that team. We, we talked about it a bunch last year. This team is on the verge of actually being good. In, in our entire lives, you know, we're all around 30 years old. The Jets have continuously sucked. Yeah. But for the first time in my life, you're watching the Jets, and you're just like, oh, these guys are on the verge of something. Now they got Aaron Rodgers. Their defense is young and getting better. I, I feel good about it. Nine and a half wins. I I think Vegas honestly is on point. They know what they're doing. If, Could if, be. if the Jets get ten wins, New York's gonna fucking love it. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean the only the shitty thing in the AFC, ten wins is gonna get you probably the sixth or seventh seed in the playoffs. Because the mm-hmm. AFC what the AFC in general is just stacked. Yeah. yeah, they haven't made the playoffs since what Rex Ryan doing his wild shit. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it has been that long. <clears throat> um, it's been a long time, man. And that, that was like a fluke season in general. They were gonna, they weren't going to go deep, but they made it. Well, I mean, not necessarily. They went to the AFC Championship game back to back seasons with that with uh, Mark Sanchez as their quarterback with a killer defense. Yes, you had Revis Island, and they have a mm-hmm. great defense right now. And like all these offensive players that they have, like I, I fuck with the Jets, man. They're on the uprise. Keep an eye on them. That defense is probably someone you might want to draft in the last couple of rounds of your draft. Yeah, I mean, really no excuses now. They got everything they need. Um, it might take a little bit of time for them to get the chemistry and come together, but Rodgers was quoted in an interview pretty recently saying he could play. He thinks he could play for the next three or four years even. Um he goes on the McAfee show. He said he could throw the. He thinks he'll be able to throw the ball till he's sixty, <laughs> which well, I don't doubt him. Saying. I mean, <laughs> I don't think he'll play that long, but he could probably throw this pigskin around till he's sixty. Well, he's so competitive, right? Like somewhat secretively, but we all know he's he's extremely competitive, right? Ultra the whole California thing, yeah. not being drafted by the 49ers way back in the day, it still sticks with him, and. I think the fact that Tom Brady played until he was, what, 44? Five. 45 years old and was very productive. I think that honestly is like something that will stick in his head, and he might try to beat that. Yeah. I've talked about that like a couple of times with like coworkers, blah, blah, blah. I, I really think Aaron Rodgers has like something in him where he wants well, to stick around and play better. Definitely, has a, definitely has a chip on his shoulder age. right now. Yeah, definitely has a chip on his shoulder right now, I think. Um, you can kind of see it and hear it when he talks in interviews. Like, uh, he might be he might be unleashing hell this year, man. I really believe that. It reminds me of kind of you know three years ago 
when everyone was like, oh, he's done. And, you know, Packers drafted Jordan Love and um, and then he wins back to back MVPs. So, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I think I would take the over right now on nine and a half wins. Yeah, probably. And it should be noted, too, like for his legacy, a second Super Bowl is huge. Yeah. I mean, he, especially if he goes uh, to the Jets and wins win a fucking oh, yeah, Super Bowl. Absolutely. I mean, because right now he only has the one, and obviously he's already a Hall of Famer. We we all know this. Like his stats are unbelievable. That he has what four MVPs. So that's not you know questionable by any means. But right now, with only having the one Super Bowl win, I think if it stuck like that, they might just people might kind of consider him a better version of like a Dan Marino, a guy who's extremely good. Clearly a Hall of Famer, but could never put everything together to make, you know, multiple Super Bowls. Dude, if he yeah. wins a Super Bowl with the Jets, he's going to become a legend. Oh, yeah. He'll go on, like, it's the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks, that's the case. Yeah. It, the, the East Coast is going to go wild for that shit. Especially in New York. For sure, dude. They haven't had a winning team, <laughs> I guess, besides the Yankees, but, like, the We're Giants have sucked for a They're long time. <laughs> the Knicks have sucked for a long time. Like the Jets, obviously, have sucked. I mean, man, the Giants yeah, do have a that, couple Super Bowl wins in the last what twelve years. That's true. Yeah, but I guess recently, so yeah, they've flirted with it. But yeah, no, that that northeastern section, besides the Patriots, as far as sports goes, well, as far as football goes, it, it's the Patriots and nobody else. All right, let's move on. Uh, Eagles acquired running back DeAndre Swift, Trey's favorite player from the Lions, for a seventh-round pick swap and a 2025 fourth-round pick. What the fuck have I been telling you guys (laughs) for years? Did he not not go to a better spot, though, than he was in Detroit, especially after they drafted Jameer Gibbs, which I know we'll get to, but, like... Did he, though? Hell yeah, it's did. definitely it's definitely better for Swift because um, I don't I think Dan Campbell hated him, <laughs> like maybe not as a person, but as a football player. No, I don't think he fucked with DeAndre Swift at all, and uh, and I think he was happy to to make the change, get someone a little more tough, I guess, in that in that role in Jameer Gibbs. Um, and so, but it's a good thing for Swift also because now he's on a super competitive team. Um, all the opportunity in the world, but there is some competition there. Um, you know, um, a hell of competition, dude. They had Kenneth Gainwell, someone they already yeah, kind of fuck with. Mm-hmm. Who, honestly, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't like DeAndre Swift. Well, I do like DeAndre Swift, but from a fantasy, fantasy perspective, I do not like him, right? But so. Kenneth Gainwell, who's been there for a couple of years, they fuck with him, and they just got Rashad Penny. Yeah. Who's never stayed healthy once in his three-year, four-year career. Yeah, he did once. Neither has DeAndre Swift. <laughs> so, I mean, that's fair, but I'm and, just saying, like, it's open. It's going to be more a committee backfield, just like it has been with the Eagles for the last few years, but I think this is a better opportunity for him to show what he can do, not to mention he's playing behind, I mean, maybe a better offensive line. The Lions had a good offensive line as well, but I think it's in a scheme with the read option that they do there with Jalen that will benefit him that versus a traditional pro passer like Jared Goff is. See, I can fuck with that, but 
just the Eagles in general, their backfield has been such a clusterfuck for years, fantasy wise. It's hard to like. Let's just say you drafted DeAndre Swift round, which like two and four last year. Even at the end of round oh, one, man. for some people, last, last right. year he was he was pumped up. First round, early second round. Yeah, by you guys, I, I wasn't falling for that shit. But <laughs> so this year, what round would you realistically draft DeAndre Swift in? Just knowing the Eagles and their history with their coach. It's yeah, the, gonna the be issue for me is it's, it, it's going to be, a, I think, a three-way split until someone gets hurt. Like, they're going to give everyone a, a shot here. So well, I'm, two I'm, of the three from, are going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's going to be a bit of a toss-up. I'm... You know, I'll be curious to see how high Swift's ADP goes, but I'm not wanting to draft him before the fourth round. I mean, anywhere between four be, and six, I'm happy with. Yeah, that might even just, be too high for me. Just so, for funsies, would you rather have Jamal Williams going to the Saints, right? Or DeAndre Swift going to the Eagles? It's Ooh. interesting. Because that is interesting. You know, Kamara's out. Uh, oh, we don't they know did that get yet. A chain. No, yeah, A, A chain's in Miami. Or not A chain, but uh, Kendrick Miller. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good question. <laughs> and yeah, and no, Rashad Penny has never stayed right? healthy. The most games he's played in any single season is fourteen. That was his rookie year. He only had eighty five carries that year. Other than that, the most he's played is ten games. Okay, so what I'm thinking about is last year when he was on absolute tear until the shit went down. No, that was two years ago. Last year, he only played five games, got hurt. It was the year before where he finished off the, the last yeah, it was the end of know, the year. six games of the year where he went crazy. That's what I'm thinking of, yes. And then last year, he kind of fucked off, got injured. <laughs> He's done that every year. That's the issue. Well, yes. So, I mean, basically, the Eagles' backfield... I'm avoiding it. No, thank you, sir. A lot of question marks. I think it depends on where they fall. Um, but yeah, you, you know what the Eagles' backfield is? It's like when you pull to a stoplight and you got a guy holding up a sign, and you're just like, "I don't want to make eye contact. I'm not trying to do this." No, no, I are can't. You, I can't are you basically trying out. to say the Eagles have become the Patriots with their backfield? Uh, have they not though? Is no, I'm not saying you're wrong. What we're approaching. So the other question is then, who would you draft first, Penny or Swift? Uh, it's oh, got to be Swift for me. Yeah, yeah I, it, it, honestly, I would say Swift personally because Gainwell has history with them. In, in all reality, Penny is going to be the third guy, depending how camp plays out. Yeah. I mean, we're so early in the offseason. I love being some Rashad Penny, very often injured, not as often injured as DeAndre Swift. So, good point. Both super talented guys, you know. Um, it's just, can they stay healthy? But that's a big that's a big concern in the NFL when you're playing running back. So, we shall see. All right, so we're uh, gonna finally get into what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, let's let's get into these uh, draft picks and 
because we're going to be going all night if we don't. Um, let's start here at the top, I guess, with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, in round three, pick number 94, they took uh, Michael Wilson with their pick they got in a trade from the Eagles. Uh, wide receiver out of Stanford. And then they took... Honestly, uh, go ahead. I was like, do we have any interest with this wide receiver room? I mean, not... Oh, the receiver room, yeah, you got DeAndre Hopkins still there. Even with a bad quarterback, like it's still DeAndre Hopkins. No, I, I'm not saying with him in this wide receiver room because we have DeAndre Hopkins, Michael, oh, Michael Brown, Rondell Moore. So I wouldn't be surprised. Michael Wilson probably comes out of, out of camp as the third receiver in this offense. Yeah. Over Rondell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. decent draft capital. They spent a third-round pick on him. Um and decent player, um, but I'm I'm so concerned about the quarterback situation. Like Murray's not going to play for half the season. It's going to be David Blau or freaking whoever the hell else they have there. So, well, they drafted him <clears throat> too. Yeah, yeah. Don't they draft drafted uh, Colt McCoy. Yeah, yeah. Colt McCoy is also hurt. Uh, they drafted <laughs> Clayton Tune. Wow quarterback out of Houston in round five. So yeah, I think it might be pronounced Tooney, honestly, but I don't know. Tooney tune. It goes well. He can't good. carry a tune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm back, baby. Puns. Michael Wilson is not a guy. Even if like you're talking dynasty rookie draft, I don't think I'm targeting him unless it's maybe, you know, back end of the third round in a rookie draft, but it's probably it. Not even that. He won't even get drafted. He'd probably be practice squad. But you carry two quarterbacks at the most, maybe. They have a deep wide receiver room. So. Yeah, I mean, if you do draft him, he's probably on your taxi squad. But I'm just, he's one of those guys that could end up making a little bit of noise um, if he can, you know, develop into the NFL. I'm just saying, I think he's going to be the third receiver in this, uh, on this depth chart. So. He's not, he's not going to have a whole lot of fantasy value, but you know, if an injury happens to DeAndre or, or Hollywood Brown, maybe it opens the door for him. When you say third wide receiver, you mean like slot or just like third? Like third on the depth chart. Playing the outside. No, like third on like the, he'll be the third receiver on the field. If they have if they do a three receiver, if they have a three receiver set on the field, he'll be on the field. Interesting. All right. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> Unless you want to talk about Clayton Tooney, uh, which I well, do not. Well, Ronda Moore still has the potential, so I, I I think that's interesting. But yeah, that's a good take. Um, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, let's go, Arthur Smith. Oh. Took his boy Bijan Robinson, round one, eighth pick overall. Running back out of Texas, we all know and love so dearly. Um, definitely the 101 in all rookie drafts. Um, maybe you take a quarterback in Superflex rookie draft, but I would probably still take Bajan. Uh, it's a great landing spot for him, in my opinion. The only worry is this team being competitive, but look, they run the ball constantly. Um, you know, that's all Arthur wants to do. And Bijan is one of the best prospects we've seen in a long time out of the running backs, uh, 
position outside of like maybe Saquon Barkley. So yeah, I think he comes in and he's an immediate uh top five, top ten fantasy running back. Yeah, see, I, I believe in him. We all had him at number one in our, you know, pre-draft rankings. Number one running back for all three of us. But he's stepping into a backfield that has Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson. Doesn't matter. And I, I'm i not sure about that. You know, we talked about it so much last year, how the Falcons just couldn't commit to having, like, one running back putting the ball. Tyler Algier had some pretty good, like, glimpses of hope really for the Falcons towards the end of the year I mean the last seven games of the season he's averaging over five yards per carry and yeah. obviously Cordero Patterson we talked about him a million times if you haven't listened to this podcast before we love how he runs the ball he's getting up there in age but that motherfucker when he gets the ball in his hands he's a goddamn beast we love Cordero Patterson so now he's stepping into a, essentially a three-headed beast in a way, where like Tyler Algier was producing, Cordero Patterson is pretty goddamn solid. And Bajan Robinson, as a rookie, to me, it just feels like another situation that we've been diving into for the last couple of years with fantasy football. It's a running back committee. I mean, I can understand the concern, but just I'm going to just say you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, I, I hope I am. This, I'm, I'm this so is sick. not to say Tyler Algier is not a bad player, but he is not. He's not anywhere near Bijan. Oh, um, hold on. There's a reason why they drafted him in the first round at number eight. You're not going to see a running back drafted that high again for probably a very long time. Um, Bijan will be the guy here, and he will get ma- majority of carries. You'll see glimpses of Tyler Algier, but mm. Bijan's a, he's more than a running back, too. He's a weapon. He's going to get you know passes out of the backfield. He can line up as a receiver. He's a complete weapon in general. So, yeah, I'd have to agree, agree with Tyler. Yeah, this is what I'm hoping, but I'm playing devil's advocate here because they do have these weapons that do work. And even then, at that point, they weren't using Tyler Algier last year just minus Bajan Robinson because they still had Cordero Patterson. Tyler Algier was getting 100 yards a game and not even playing 50% of the snaps. Yeah, I mean, again, I, yeah, they, I can understand the concern. The I mean, Tyler, that was your guy. It was Tyler's Algier. He, he was my guy, and I love him, but Bajan is just on another level, and there's no comparing it, really. I mean, we've, we said all the time, like everyone said he's the best running back prospect to come in the league since Saquon Barkley. The thing is that I heard a lot of people say he was better than Saquon because he's a better pass catcher. He runs like Saquon, but can catch like like Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, so there's a chance he ends up being better. becoming the best back in the league in the next first two or three seasons max in his career. And Tyler Algier and Cordell Patterson just fade into a... Cordell Patterson's like 34 years old. Like He, he doesn't have much they, tread left on the tires. Patterson's, Patterson's going to be basically done. They'll use him on yeah. gadget plays. Uh, you will. I think Algier's still see, a solid backup. Yeah, I'll, you'll see Algier get some work just to you know let, make sure Bijan Robinson is not going to get you know 300, 350 touches in his first year. But honestly, Robinson's probably the only fancy relevant back that you're going to have on this team now. I hope so. I'm I'm so sick of the running back committee. 
Nah, he's it's he's another beast, man. There's uh no reason to have a like you'd be dumb if you're splitting carries between him and anyone else, really. Like they're gonna get him the ball a lot. <laughs> and hopefully, maybe it helps their passing game out a little bit and they try to throw the ball a little bit more, but I mean they got the weapons, so I don't know. We'll see. I guess Desmond Ritter has to develop a little bit more, but Bajan should be an absolute dog. So super excited no. for him. Uh another guy we're excited for here, or at least I am. Um Baltimore Ravens drafted uh Zay Flowers round one. Number 22 overall, the wide receiver out of Boston College. Um, Yeah, this is, I mean, a lot of draft capital spent on him. Um, Could come in and and be the guy, I think, right away. Super dynamic receiver, can really do it all. Um, They obviously liked him a lot to take him, you know, in the first round. So um, I'm super excited for Zay Flowers. Honestly, a great fit. I think we all talked about it when we were doing our, you know, top five wide receivers before the draft. This guy has one of the best run after the catch skill sets out of any receiver in this draft. And with a mobile quarterback like Lamar Jackson, it's a perfect fit, right? Yeah. Uh, Jim, you played safety. I also did. Not really uh, very well. But what. <laughs> When someone someone's like a mobile quarterback, it, it, it gets you off your assignments, you know? And yeah, absolutely. And it absolutely opens up what the re- receivers are doing on their routes. So I think this is perfect for the Ravens. Like, you know, Lamar's going to be scrambling around, and this guy is basically get a one-on-one coverage with, with whoever started off with him beginning the play, and it, it's going to look pretty good for him. Even though he is a, he is a smaller guy, what was he like five nine, one eighty, something like that? Yeah, he's small. But I mean, I'm gonna say it right now. He's gonna be the number one receiver in out of, out of rookies for fantasy this year because of where he landed. Because of where he landed compared to where the other guys landed, like you have you know Quentin Johnson or Jackson Smith and Jigba, but they're both gonna immediately come in to be the third receiver on those teams, and so they're not gonna get quite as much run. Whereas Zay Flowers might end up being the leading receiver for, for Baltimore this season alone because we don't know how OBJ is going to come back after the injury. You know, obviously we know yeah. the type of player he can be, but he's had back-to-back major injuries, so who knows what happens that way. Um, also, you have Mark Andrews still there, so he could end up still leading the, the team in, in receiving, but I wouldn't be surprised if Zay Flowers is that guy and comes in and has a 1,000-yard season year one. Yeah, don't sleep on finally... Rashad Payne, man. Oh, God. So he's going to be a wide receiver too, right? Yeah. Maybe, but I mean, if you see a lot of three receiver sets with, with Zay in the uh, in the slot where he's going to be able to dominate. And the thing is, like, we hope Rashad Bateman can, uh, you know, continue to develop and get better. But between injuries and not seeing a whole lot of production from him on the field, I'm not sure how that works for him. We hope so, but I'm not going to bank on that at this point. Well, Zay has to be slot, right? Because they run a lot of two tight end sets in Baltimore. I think you're going to see a lot more three receiver sets this year. So again, because we mentioned, I mentioned it earlier when we were talking about the Lamar Jackson contract, the new uh, offensive coordinator from Georgia is going to open up this offense a lot. 
and I know who, whoever the back was to Mark Andrews last year, he he showed some flash. Um, Isaiah likely. Yeah, likely. likely. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. but I still think you're going to see a lot more three receiver sets this year. Or even if Rashad Bateman's not doing what we hope he does do, then they will go more two tight sets, but you'll see Rashad Bateman on the sideline then. Oh, uh, likely he's athletic enough to <clears throat> play off the line too and, you know, split out in the slot. So, yeah. Oh, he's, he's nice. He's, he's, he's basically like a, a big receiver. Um, let me yeah, ask I'm you this, though. State. So, would you take, you know, in a rookie draft, would you take Zay Flowers over JSN or like Quentin Johnson? Definitely over Quentin Johnson. Um, JSN's harder to project. I mean, early in their careers, you know, I think you'll see Zay Flowers be more productive, but we don't know what's going to happen with Tyler Lockett. You know, he's 31 this year coming to kind of the mm-hmm. end of, of his road. And so you could see Jack Smith and Jigma basically the direct replacement to him in the next year, you know, two to three years. So I think if you're playing the long game, I think I'd still go JSN. But I think if you're just doing a redraft, Zay Flowers should be the first rookie receiver off the board. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, let's move on. Uh, Buffalo Bills, round one, number 25 overall. They took Dalton Kincaid, the first tight end off the board out of Utah. Um, he was my number one tight end. I know we didn't <laughs> get that episode. I don't. I don't think recorded. But um, in my opinion, he was he was my favorite tight end just because of the athletic profile. I felt like he was the most kind of dynamic, um, and I love the landing spot. You know, with the Buffalo Bills um, paired with Josh Allen. They've been wanting some production out of the tight end position. I think, I think he's going to come in and and be productive right away. Um, so he still is, you know, post draft. He's definitely my number one tight end for rookies. Yeah, I had him second behind Michael uh, Mayer out of Notre Dame, only because I liked Mayer as a more complete tight end. He can be an inline blocker. Kincaid's not really a tight end. He's he's a receiver. In all honesty, like. He's not going to play in in line very often at all, if ever, uh, especially because you have Dawson Knox who can do that. I think you're going to see him r- coming out of the slot, or maybe even as like an H back, a lot of the, most of the time. Um, but no, he, I mean athletically, he's insane. I think you could see him being like a Zach Ertz type guy, or even even Dallas Goddard. Neither one were great in line blockers, but they're great pass catchers. They know how to run routes really well, um, and I think. This is stretching it, but I think you could see him, you know, becoming the number one tight end in the league in the next four to five years. Don Kincaid has that kind of ability, um, yeah. Especially if he gets a, yeah. if he gets, he creates some some chemistry with Josh Allen. It's gonna be it's gonna be all day, you know. As long as Kelsey fucking retires at some point, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think that that ceiling is there for Kincaid. I really do, and that's why he was my number one tight end. Um, and for him to go in the first round to the Buffalo Bills and be the only tight end to go in the first round, um, that just speaks volumes for what you know they thought of Dalton. And um, man, I'm I'm super excited for him. Um, definitely targeting him in rookie drafts. Um, I think the sky's the limit. So yeah. Um, now, what would you do in a redraft league for him? Because here's the thing: rookie tight ends tend not to produce very much in the NFL. 
it's yeah. pretty rare to see a rookie tight end come in and, and have even a decent season. So where would you draft him in redraft leagues? I I don't think you're going to have to reach on him that much uh, because, you know, that's kind of the universal sentiment in fantasy is that, yeah, rookie tight ends don't really produce. You can wait on tight end usually. Um, so I don't think you're going to have to pay too much. Like, honestly, I think he's going to be a round nine, round eight type of draft pick in which at that spot, I'm, I'm okay with it. Might even be yeah. a double digit pick. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking early. To, I'm, I'm leaning like round 10 um, would be where I would target him at. Uh, but who knows? It, it's hard to say. I mean, he could you know break the mold and come in as a rookie and be very productive, especially in an offense that the, the the Bills have. Yeah. Um, they also took in the fifth round a wide receiver, Justin Shorter, uh, out of Florida. So. Yeah, he's si- he's six on. four. He's he's six four. He's not short at all. Wow. Uh, he was going against that that moniker. Um, I don't know. I mean, in the offense, it's going to be hard to find a spot for him to, to go into. Um, looking just kind of at his draft profile, uh, NFL analyst Lance Zerline from NFL.com has his NFL comparison uh, to Brian Edwards. But a decent career, um, so maybe he develops into a good guy. But, I mean, he's sitting behind Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis right now. And, so, and not to mention also probably behind Dalton Kincaid, who I can see, again, playing out the slot a bunch. So I'm not sure how much he's ever on the field this year. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's keep it moving. Uh, Carolina Panthers with the first pick in the 2023 NFL draft. Select Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. So it was back and forth for weeks leading up to the draft. It's going to be Stroud. It's going to be Young. Um, a lot of smoke definitely out there. Um, but they end up going with, with Bryce Young. What's your outlook on, on Young? You think this is good good for him? I mean, out of all the rookie quarterbacks, gets. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's he's going to he's gonna end up being fine. Like, I know we talked about a lot in our uh, pre-draft quarterback rankings. I'm just not worried about the size for him. Uh, he doesn't take a ton of hits. He's really crafty in the pocket, and... Out of all the rookie quarterbacks, he probably went to the best situation in terms of having talent around him in Carolina. Not to mention also having a very good coach in Frank Reich, which I think is being underplayed because he got you know the short and the stick in Carolina with all the retreads that they tried doing with veteran quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, <clears throat> a lot of uh, previous NFL quarterbacks on that staff, and the coach and the quarterback coach, and uh, yeah, because they have the OC. Uh, like the older McCown as a QB coach who people are Josh McCown pegging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Josh McCown who played forever in the league, but people loved him as a locker room guy. Cause he was so smart. He's basically another coach on the sideline for them. Um, yeah. I think he's being pegged as the next hot guy to be an OC um, after this, Whoa, after dude. the first year Pe- to hear in quarterback coach, you're, pe- you're pegging hot guys. Yeah. Yeah, I just gotta say this. He, he has to beat out Andy Dalton, which he's yeah, gone. Andy Dalton. He's well, yeah, he's not. He's definitely gonna be the starter. But that's the other guy I was I was gonna bring up. Andy Dalton's on this roster too. He's gonna be his backup, and you know, Andy Dalton, just like Josh McCown, 
someone that's played a long time in the league. There's a lot of knowledge between those those three guys for Bryce Young to learn from. So, yeah, yeah great, I mean, great situation. The only thing I just, I mean, they have a good rushing attack there, good offensive line, so that'll be good for them. They the pass catchers are certainly lacking. Um, so hopefully, maybe they can pull off. Maybe they pull off the big trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Probably not going to happen, but who knows what could happen there? They need to bring in another like a real top tier receiver in Carolina then to help kind of round this thing out. Well, they did draft Jonathan Mingo pretty high in the draft. He went earlier than I think a lot of people were thinking. Round two, pick number thirty nine overall. The big wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Um, I'm a little excited for Mingo. I know it's probably going to take some time, but I view him as kind of a nice like back end of the first round rookie draft pick. I think there's some some upside there. If him and Bryce Young get some chemistry, you know, Mingo is the prototypical NFL wide receiver in, in terms of size and athleticism. So he definitely has some things to work on, but I don't mind taking Mingo. You know, if you're at the back end of your first of the first round in your rookie draft, I don't mind taking Mingo. I think we touched on this a little bit in our last podcast, but Ole Miss has been putting on some nice wide receivers, man, especially in recent times. You know, Elijah Moore in 2021, DK Metcalf in 2019, and AJ Brown in the same draft class. They yeah. got some good guys. They've been, you know, the Quan Treadmill, who didn't really do much, but Dante he was Moncrief, a bust, but he was a first round draft pick. Oh, we're we're talking about names that we remember, right? These are guys that we, you know, we didn't like forget. Mike Wallace when he got drafted to the Steelers back in, you know, back in two thousand seven or what is this two thousand nine? So you know, they they got a good little uh, history going on, especially recently. Yeah, I mean, I brought him, brought him up when we were talking about our receiver rankings because there was some buzz about him getting sneaking into the back end of the first round. It was pretty close. I mean, going 39 overall yeah. is only eight picks into the second round. So uh, certainly he has he has talent. And I do. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out as the receiver one um, in this depth he, chart. He has every opportunity to. I mean, Adam Thielen and DJ Shark, I think. And yeah, the, <laughs> the skeleton of Terrace Marshall. What about oh, Chanel, baby? Yeah. Got a bunch of underwhelming guys in an old Adam Thielen that uh, he's competing with. So, oh yeah, a bunch abs- of underperformers. Not the one Adam thing he Thielen. can do that those other guys can't do is he can absolutely body a defender to bring down tough mm-hmm. catches. Interesting. He's certainly rising for me from a dynasty perspective. For you know, out of this in this wide receiver class, especially with the amount of draft capital that they spent on him, you know? Yeah. And I'll, I'll just say this, you know, just cause he's like a, a early round two guy. There's so many wide receivers have been hitting so hard fantasy wise that are not first round draft picks. Mm-hmm. It, it's so common these days. So I would not be surprised if he's that guy. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I would take him like obviously ahead of JSN or Quentin Johnson or Zay Flowers, but or I mean, Jordan he's right Addison. or Jordan Addison, but he's right there after those guys, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think the back end of uh, the first round for uh, dynasty drafts is a pretty good uh, landing spot for him. 
He might even be able to sneak in a little higher to, you know, maybe pick seven or eight, honestly. Be a little yeah, more really likes him. <clears throat> um, all right. Chicago Bears, round four, number 115 overall, took Roshan Johnson, the running back out of Texas. Um, thoughts on Roshan? I think he's uh, a little bit better of a pass catcher than the guys they have there currently, um, which is Khalil Herbert and um, Foreman. They signed Foreman this Foreman. offseason. Yeah, Deontay Foreman. That's who I was trying to think of. So might might find a uh, a role there, but definitely this is another one of those backfields that's kind of like I'm not sure what's going to happen. I think it might be Foreman out of the gate who's kind of the, the lead guy there, but Herbert's obviously had some good games too, and now they draft Johnson in the fourth round. I'm I'm not really sure what to think of this backfield initially. Yeah, I mean, he's a big pound. He's six foot two twenty. He's a big back. Uh, him and actually Bajon Robinson, because he was the back of Bajon in Texas for the last three years. They kind of split carries the first two years there, and then obviously the last year Bajon was was just the guy. But <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up moving and getting. Maybe not early in the year, but second half of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up getting the majority of the carries out of this backfield. People like him. Hmm. Yeah, interesting pick for sure. Could be a bit of a sleeper. But you know, Chicago fucks with Kula Herbert. They, they like him. He's been there for a long time. And DeAndre Foreman, for whatever reason, continues to stay relevant wherever the fuck he's at. We saw what he did with Carolina. <laughs> he produces. He really yeah, does. When he gets this opportunity, he does produce. Yeah. He runs yeah, hard. Yeah, and it's like, it's not impressive if you look at the stat line, but yeah, he he's definitely, he can get the shit done. So, it'll be interesting, like, approaching what's going on in their backfield. Everything's a running back by committee now, and I just, I'll, I'll say every podcast for the next fucking 10 years, apparently. <laughs> I hate it. This is bullshit. <laughs> Uh, the Bears also took a wide receiver in round four, pick number 133, Tyler Scott, or should I say Tyler's Scott. <laughs> uh, wide receiver out of Cincinnati. Oh. Maybe a little bit of help uh, for Justin Fields, but um, no. I mean, he's a sm- <laughs> he's 5'10", 170. He's small. He's, very, he's built very much like uh, Mooney is. So who knows how, how he fits in. Obviously, he's not going to get a ton of playing time up front. They got DJ Moore there now. Um, but who knows? Maybe, I mean, that receiver room so wide open, he could end up getting uh, or finding a connection with Justin Fields, and maybe he gets, gets more playing time. So who knows what could happen with him? It would be dope, but we're talking about a, a wide receiver room that has DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, who is coming on really good. I forgot, the year, I forgot about Claypool. Right? Yeah, like, and... Equinemius St. Brown, who's really not a huge player in that game, but they have a, a decent wide receiver room. Yeah, this rookie coming in. Honestly, this guy is not on my radar at all right now. Maybe I'm slipping on it, but if Justin Fields becomes an elite pass thrower, Tyler Scott might become relevant to me. He might become Tyler Scott. <laughs> he might become Tyler Scott, yes. <laughs> All right, Cincinnati Bengals uh, had some late-round picks. Uh, Round four, they took Charlie Jones, wide receiver out of Purdue. Round five, they took Chase Brown, running back out of Illinois. And round six, they took Andre 
Los Avisas wide receiver <laughs> out of Princeton. Is that an L or an I? Los Avisas. Oh no, no, it's an I because it's capitalized. It's a I O C V A S. I O C V A S. Okay, yeah, I'm drafting him first round pick one. <laughs> <laughs> I did see uh, an interesting thing on Twitter about Chase Brown from um, it was a post from uh, the homie. What's his name? Scott something or uh, he's a Northwest guy. But anyways, he posted um, <clears throat> he posted pass blocking grades for all the running backs in this draft, and Chase Brown was actually at the very top. No, not I mean, a whole lot of fantasy relevance, but well, could maybe Trey Trey brought him up because he kind of liked him coming out of the when we talk about the running back uh, rankings. Trey brought him up then, and you know he was probably seventh or eighth on most of our draft picks. I know you you liked watching what he did going to Cincinnati. It was in, interesting because you do have Joe Mixon yeah. there who could be suspended, and right now he's already locked in as the number two back there because P Ryan's gone. There's no one else really to compete with as the two backs. So you could see Chase Brown potentially being the RB one week one if Mixon gets uh, suspended. Shout out to my fucking boy doing research out here. Okay, I, I, I'm i honestly like very biased because I love Illinois fighting Illini. Shout out to them. But yeah, everything you said, Tyler, I fuck with it. And so he comes <laughs> he comes on to the Bengals, though, as the number two running back. Immediately, yeah. There's no one else to compete for with there at all. Yeah, and, they I might mean, bring someone else in, but they could. I think right now he's going to be locked in as the RB2 there. So he's going to get some playing time regardless. And even though he's not the fastest guy, I mean, he ran like a 4-4-3, four, four, which isn't isn't terrible, um, especially for a guy that's 210 pounds. Uh, but he's not a super speedster, but he's kind of good at a little He's good at a little bit of everything. Um, not to mention, at Illinois, he did put up back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, which not a lot of guys can say. And look, if you're if you excel at pass blocking, and you're a running back and you play for the Cincinnati Bengals who Joe Burrow has been sacked 8 million times in his career already. <laughs> like you're going to see the field, <laughs> you know, if you can go out there and block, like you'll see the field and it's, that will eventually turn into to opportunities, little check downs and things of that nature. So I like it too. It's a bit of a, a, a sleeper, I think on the radar. Oh, definitely a sleeper. Pete came on this one. Samaji Pete Ryan, obviously, we're trying, looking at like overall numbers here. Finished as number 34, PPR, number 38 in standard. When he got his opportunity, he was getting it done. Probably because of Joe Mixon, you know, being slightly injured last year, but it looks great for him. For someone being drafted in the fifth round, this could be great value someone you can snag maybe i'm new to dynasty honestly we've only been playing for a couple of years second round third round right absolutely i mean because yeah. you also got to consider too that with the mixon situation his production dropped a little bit last year from the year before he gets paid quite a bit of money they could end up after this and if he gets suspended this year they could look to move him or cut him and then you got chase brown as their number one back mm-hmm Bold move. Interesting. The bold move, Cotton. I'm see. <laughs> see the next What's that dodgeball uh, quote. Uh, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. No, it's not the same thing. It's a bold move, Cotton. I'm curious to see what they're going to do from here or something <laughs> we'll see like how that. It works out for them. Yeah. Um. Could be the next Damian Pierce. Who knows? Uh, hey. Cleveland Browns. 
drafted in the third round, Cedric Tillman, wide receiver out of Tennessee. He was kind of the big body receiver in Tennessee, opposite of Jalen Hyatt, the speedster. So interesting uh, little pick there. Decent draft capital on him. Um, Big body guy. Any thoughts? Is he related to, was it Patrick Tillman? Peanut Tillman? Peanut Tillman? He is. He is, yeah. The Tillman bloodline runs deep in the NFL. So God that's the one damn. thing. I mean, he knows he knows how to be professional. That dog in up with. I mean, he knows how he catches in traffic with ease. He's a big body guy. He knows how to use his body to you know shield off defenders. And going to Cleveland, honestly, I'm going to say right now he's probably going to beat out Donovan Peoples Jones for the wide receiver two there. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Which makes him a wide receiver three instantly. For fantasy purposes, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, a, border, like a borderline flex guy, maybe a receiver two, depending on injuries. Yeah, for sure. Interesting really? enough, they also drafted a quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robinson, quarterback at a UCLA in round five. It's a great pick to be behind Deshaun Watson because he plays very similarly. Um, I think that that's insurance policies where they can throw him in there in case Deshaun gets hurt. And not to change their offense much. Yeah, it's her or goes to the wrong massage parlor. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you remember he didn't go, ever go to go to parlors. He was doing it to team massages. They were employed by the team. Mm-hmm. Like, At the hotel. The well, I don't know if they were in the facility, but they were. You know, they would. No, they go had to where a, He was they, asking a special. They had a literally the team set up a special room for Deshaun Watson to get his massages in at the hotels. Like everywhere they okay. went, so we're, we're massaging muscles, but they're a, a certain muscle. I mean, <laughs> massages are kind of known to have you know, happy endings. Uh, his name is Massage Watson in my brain. <laughs> I completely forgot about his actual birth name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, Dallas Cowboys. Took uh, Luke Shoemaker uh, in the second round, pick number 58, tight end out of Michigan. Um, a little higher than I think this guy was projected to go. Uh, deep, deep tight end class, but um, yeah, they took they took Shoemaker <laughs> in the second round. There were a couple of guys that went earlier than expected. Shoemaker is one because I think I had him as like my sixth or seventh tight end. And then the kid from Penn State, Brendan Strange, also went a little higher than expected. Like he went ahead of other guys I had ranked ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Um, well, probably he's a good versatile tight end. He can do a little bit of everything. Uh, I see an NFL comp for him here by of Dawson Knox. So, I mean, and didn't did the, the they lost the Cowboys lost. Uh, the their tight end, uh, what's his name? Yeah, uh, Dalton Schultz. Yeah, Schultz. They lost Schultz. Schultz. Oh, yeah. So I mean, right now, like Schoonmaker, probably the tight end one on that team. Yeah, he is. Uh, with that draft capital, yeah. Um, they also he took... is. <laughs> he is. Uh, he is. He is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they also took uh, the little tiny, tiny man Deuce Vaughn, five foot five, <laughs> running back out of Kansas State. It was a an emotional kind of video. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but um, 
Mr. Vaughn, Deuce's father, is a scout for the Cowboys and got to make the call to uh, his son that they were they were drafting him. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, it was. He, I don't he's know. literally on on the phone. He's like, "Hey, son. So, uh, do you want to come to work with me on Monday?" Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. hell yeah, dude. Like, really? Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, nepotism at its finest. <laughs> and then Jerry Jones taking full advantage of like getting on camera and like I, I did something good for the world, <laughs> you know, type of deal. <laughs> like you're so full of shit, Jerry Jones. Like uh, but anyways. Um he's like, This is gonna be a fucking movie one day. But um uh, Deuce Vaughn, I don't know if you guys have watched his tape, but man, He's shifty, dude. And I guess you have to be if you're five five. But like low center of gravity, he produced uh, a lot at Kansas State. Um, you know, uh, big time producer, and he was hard to get a hand on for defenders. Like he was shifty as as all get out, and we've seen smaller guys, you know, get drafted, and and usually doesn't really work out at that position, but. I don't know. We'll see, I guess, what happens with Deuce, but I was pretty impressed by his film. Yeah, no. Okay, when was the last time someone who was that short really did something in the NFL? Uh, no, yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't really translate. Who? Usually. Jaquiz Rogers? You remember Jaquiz Rogers out of Oregon State? Is Jizz? that a sexual joke? <laughs> Bro. Jizz Rogers? Jaquiz <laughs> Rogers. Don't be <laughs> Fucking disrespectful. <laughs> no, I heard you. I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, so yeah, motherfucker's small and he's fast, but you really think this is going to be someone we're going to give a fuck about? Well, maybe Tony Pollard might not be ready to begin the season. Good point. He's dealing with an injury. Yeah, I mean, so he might not be ready. They signed Ronald Jones, which will probably be their RB1 if Tony Pollard's not there, but. Deuce Vaughn is going to see the field. These highlights are so trash. I'm trying to see some dog in him. <laughs> Bro, he's 5'5". Five five. He's he's not going to be breaking <laughs> tackles. He's shifty. That's about it. Um, They also took Jalen Brooks, wide receiver, out of South Carolina in the seventh round. So, um, yeah. let's move on. Denver Broncos, round two, pick number 63. Uh, they took Marvin Mims, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma, who was definitely getting um, some praise and a, a little bit of hype coming into the draft. Um, he was someone I kind of had right outside of my top five. Um, interesting landing spot for sure. Uh, you know, not a whole lot of production last year out of the passing game for the Denver Broncos. Hopefully Sean Payton and uh and Russ can turn it around this year. But Marvin Mims, I, I could see him getting some decent playing time this year as the wide receiver three for this team. For sure. I mean, Yo, we've talked we talked about this wide receiver room for a couple of years now. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler. Now we got Marvin Mims. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Marvin Mims jumped up to the number three spot in the in there. I mean, the the dude's fast as shit. He's ran a four three eight at the combine. I'm not doubting. Him. I'm just saying it's like a somewhat deep room on an offense that definitely fucking struggled last year. 
Right. But it's going to be interesting because Tim Patrick's coming back off the season ending injury and Tim Patrick is a good receiver. Um, but you know, we're going to have to see just Cortland Sutton really, you know, the guy, um, it's, there's definitely gonna be some competition, um, as to who slots in where, uh, through training camp. But I mean, also he took Mims in the second round, right? Second so this round, is cl- yeah. draft. This is, cl- yeah. this is Sean Payton's guy. He like he obviously clearly liked him, so he's gonna work him into this offense. And regardless of what we talked about in you know last season in terms of production, last couple of years with with his receiver room, bringing in Sean Payton, who's an all time NFL coach and all time NFL play caller, I mean this offense is gonna be different. Absolutely. And yeah, to spend that much draft capital on a on a wide receiver and then just not play him, I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm really curious to see how this all plays out because agreed. You know, I had high hopes. I was someone who did have high hopes for Cortland Sutton last year. I really thought he would be the guy, and it just didn't pan out. Um, you know, Jerry Judy didn't have a good year either. So we shall see. We shall see. Uh, the Detroit Lions, man, what a draft they had. Um, phew, round one, they make a big, big statement. Number 12 overall, they go ahead and pick up Jameer Gibbs, running back out of Alabama. And then the very next day, trade away DeAndre Swift. Jameer Gibbs, I think, is going to be a fucking weapon for this team. Like, they did bring in um, what's his nuts um, Montgomery from Montgomery from Chicago, and he will probably get most of the kind of first down work or whatever. But Jameer Gibbs is an excellent pass catcher and playmaker. He's kind of like DeAndre Swift, but just tough. Better. <laughs> he's got some nuts. <laughs> he's, he's better. better. Um, so yeah, man, I, I have I expect big things out of Gibbs. I mean, a report came out today that the uh, that Gibbs said himself that the OC told him they want to use him in the slot a bunch. Like that's they're going to be that's where they want to put him as a primary role to begin with. Um, so I think he's huge there. I'm gonna. I mean, I don't see any reason why Jameer Gibbs is not your uh, second overall pick in dynasty drafts. I mean, I would yeah, go with John Robinson sure. and Gibbs before any of the other receivers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with where JSN landed. If JSN landed in maybe a better position, then there's a conversation there, but I think it's hands down, it's Gibbs. Yeah. Um, round two, they took uh at pick number thirty four, they took Sam Laporta out of um Iowa, the tight end out of tight end U, who's a guy I liked, um, actually as as a tight end. He would have been in my top five. Um so I, I really like Sam Laporta. He was just on a terrible offense with not a very good quarterback last year in Iowa, but he is he is a, an athletic freak at the tight end position, and um, you know no more no more Hawkinson there in in the line or in Detroit. He's going to be their tight end one, and I expect uh, him to get uh, a decent amount of targets this year. Does that make him a first round dynasty draft pick? No. He's, no, there's just there's too many. Yeah, I like, I wouldn't say like a sure. late first round, like obviously not early, but like I mean, maybe towards, he's thinking that the, know, in the league. 
My issue with them is that like they had TJ Hawkinson, who actually I think is a pretty good comp to Sam Laporta, and they didn't use Hawkinson all that much in this offense last year. And then they traded him away because they didn't think they needed him. So, I mean, he had that insane game against Seattle, right? Like, we know that. But they didn't use this tight ends very much in this offense. So unless they plan on, you know, changing the offense some to use him more, I'm just not well, sure how, how it works. You're not you're not drafting a guy number 34 overall if you don't plan on using him. But wasn't Hawkinson a first-round draft pick? He was. Because they, they, mm-hmm. they also had the kid that's in Seattle now um, that came from Denver. They were both first-round draft picks. They're different players. I mean, yeah, they could have similar skill sets because they're big white guys, but there's a lot more that goes into it than just, you know, what do they play football like? Like maybe Dan Campbell just didn't fuck with Hawkinson. I don't know. You know, maybe he didn't have that dog in him. Maybe he wasn't I mean, biting kneecaps. <laughs> I, I can't tell you why. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, he did come from oh. a, the previous regime, so it's possible. But also the other thing that <laughs> worries me is that not only <laughs> – the Lions don't use a tight end last year very much. If you look at the history of Jared Goff himself, he hasn't the tight end much. When, even back when he was with, in L.A., he didn't hit the tight end very much. So I unless they really scheme him into the offense, I'm just not sure how much work he's going to get. Well, he was throwing the ball to Tyler Higsby, so <laughs> could be why. Uh, but it's like same thing with Jameer Gibbs, right? Like, yeah, similar play style to DeAndre Swift, but they didn't use DeAndre Swift that much last year. But they're damn sure going to use Gibbs a lot. I, I, well, I we already noted that that Gibbs. We we all consider Gibbs better than Swift already. So, yeah, but it's close. I mean, they're ah, similar we? play styles. I do. Oh God, I'm glad that I'm glad the train finally came around. <laughs> it's been um, years. Interesting enough, though, they also took Hendon Hooker, quarterback out of Tennessee, in the round three, number 68 overall. And I feel like this is probably the best landing spot for Hendon Hooker. He's for sure going to sit a year behind Jared Goff next year. Jared Goff could be gone um, unless they re-sign him. But Hendon's going to get a year to sit and learn and, um, you know, it's going to add another year to his age, which he's already 25. But if they get four good years out of Hendon Hooker, you know, um, I think that's a, a good pick. For sure. He could end up being very good there. The weird thing is that right after the draft, they said that they are in deep discussions to re-sign Jared Goff to a long-term deal. So that seems a little goofy to me. If you're going to you know draft the quarterback in round three, who everyone thought yeah. he could sneak into the first round, and then you're also going to re-sign Jared Goff. So maybe they don't see Hendon Hooker as a long-term play, or maybe it's just an insurance policy situation. Well, think about the Jordan Love career history at this point. That motherfucker hasn't done anything. He's th- he's threw the ball maybe, what, 40 times in the NFL? And it's been four or five years now. Four, yeah. So... It, it kind of makes sense. These uh, teams are drafting quarterbacks looking way down the line. That could be. All right. Uh, they also took Antone Green, Antoine Green, wide receiver out of North Carolina in the seventh Antone. round. Antone. Definitely Antoine. Antoine and and I don't care. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I'm the translator. I'm trying to help you out. Next, uh, another NFC North team here, the Packers. 
decided, you know what, as soon as our Hall of Fame quarterback leaves, we're just going to go ahead and draft a shit ton of offensive talent because that makes <laughs> fucking sense, right? Um, so, so many skill players. It's, it's the most skill players we're talking about. In this <laughs> they, episode. they drafted seven guys. Seven. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting for sure. Um, yeah, dude, a lot of anger <laughs> during the draft for me. Anyways, round two, pick number forty-two overall. They took Luke Musgrave, tight end out of Oregon State. Um, I like him. Um, there were definitely some other giant tight ends on the board still. Darnell Washington <clears throat> uh, was still on the board, but. <laughs> We went ahead. We took Luke Musgrave. I, I do think he could be a good player. Kind of reminds me of like a Greg Olson type of tight end. Um, so he's interesting. You know, another kind of third round draft pick in, in Dynasty rookie drafts. Um, but has all the opportunity in the world to come in and, and be the guy right away because we've drafted, I think, a tight end every single fucking year for the last 10 years and they've they've all not worked out. So. Let's keep that train rolling. Honestly, I like Musgraves also. Um, I know we didn't go over our tight ends, but um, he was kind of a weird one to figure out where to put him because he didn't play a ton um, between injuries and like the COVID year. But when when you put on his tape, it's, it is impressive. He does a lot of things well. Growing up, he was a three-sport athlete. One of those sports he did, he was actually uh, like a champion slalom skier. And you can see that happen, uh, translate to the football field with his route running. He's really good at dipping his hits and getting in and out of breaks. And so he's able to create separation from that because he gets in and out so quickly. Um, he has shorter arms for the position. And that's actually why the reason the, one of the other Titans they took uh, a couple picks later, or a couple rounds later, uh, was Tucker Craft. I actually had Tucker Craft ahead of Luke Musgraves uh, in my rankings. But I mean, I think you're going to, drafting two tight ends this early, you're going to see a lot of two tight end sets in Green Bay this year. Yeah, I mean it's it's been a, a frustrating um thing for the Packers uh of recent years drafting tight ends that just don't barely see the field and don't get a whole lot of playing field time and don't don't do a whole lot for our offense. So hopefully these guys can come in and and step up. Yeah, they took Tucker Craft at, at in the 3rd round at number 78 overall out of South Dakota State. Um not in my opinion not as a complete player as Luke Musgrave, but definitely has the athletic ability to, to be a pretty good NFL tight end. Um, but I think most excitingly they took, uh, Jaden Reed in the second round at number 50 overall wide receiver out of Michigan state. Uh, Jaden Reed has definitely risen for me, not just because he went to the Packers, but I, you know, I don't know if everyone expected him to go this high. Um, really good draft capital spent on Jaden Reed. And when I go back and review the tape, he kind of reminds me of like a, almost like a Zay Flowers type of player, similar size, similar play style. Um, you know, you got Christian Watson there. You got Romeo Dobbs. Jaden Reed could fit really nicely into that kind of slot wide receiver three role and, uh, and be a playmaker for Jordan Love right out of the gate. So I'm pretty excited for him. You think Jordan Love can get it done? No. Yeah, that's, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> they, they don't really have a choice, so. 
they've uh, they've dug dug their grave to be productive enough to have three solid receivers not in fantasy purposes no I there's no way I can see Jordan Love being produced three fantasy relevant receivers in his first year of starting um it's gonna be interesting to see who's going to kind of break the mold though between those three and who's going to be the the lead guy because it really could be any of the three depending on who gets the best chemistry with love yeah yeah it makes sense in all reality he has to have like four thousand yards to have three relevant fantasy receivers seems like a tall glass of water for him to to try to get down yeah i mean a rod's been doing it so We'll see what he, I'm sorry, what did he you just try up. to really compare Jordan Love to Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> yeah. yeah, same guy, right? Just like different, <laughs> different according guys. to uh according to Goody, yeah, he's <laughs> fucking a Hall of Famer already, I think. So in, in Goody's eyes. Different <clears throat> skin complexion, skin same skill set, apparently. I I don't know. I'm not the <laughs> Packers front office, but apparently that's what they fucking think. So well, uh, just in case Jordan Love doesn't work out, they also took Sean Clifford, the big red dog, out of uh, Penn State <laughs> in round five. Hey, is he a redhead? I, I don't know, know, but I fucking I hope so, because that's what I'm going to call him from now on. Better be. <laughs> uh, I'm looking him up. God. Quarterback, I'm looking him Penn up. State. I think he played all four years. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, before before then, I do want to go back to Tucker Craft real quick because I actually do think Tucker Craft can end up being the best tight end out of the draft completely. I don't think oh, he wow. necessarily will, but I think he has that kind of ceiling. Honestly, looking at his tape, he reminds me of a guy who could end up becoming George Kittle in the NFL. I have that much faith in him, mostly because he has such good athleticism and he looks for yak yards. I mean, he wants to catch the ball and immediately move yeah. upfield. And he's athletic enough to get around guys, and but he's strong enough too to to go through them to get extra yards. So I could absolutely like I said, I think I could, he I, we could see him becoming a George Kittle type in the NFL. Sean Clifford, white, brown hair. I'm just saying. Well, he better get a can of red dye. The big red dog. No, I like I like that craft uh, comparison to uh, to big, Kittle. Normal looking white dude. That would be fucking fantastic. Um, receiver or yeah, Packers also took in round five. Uh, receiver Dontavian Wicks out of Virginia, and uh, are we gonna pretend who we know who this guy is? <laughs> I've watched some tape. He's a bigger guy. He's like six one, six two, maybe. Um, kind of a vertical type guy. Um, possession type receiver. Not a whole lot of draft capital spent on them, but look, I mean, they got to figure it out at wide receiver. They, you know, they got a bunch of young, young talent there. It's going to be a toss up. You know, Wicks has a chance to impress in training camp and maybe be relevant, but yeah, it's, it's, it's something that we're just going to have to pay attention to through training camp and, and see who, who really emerges. It's going to be interesting. I mean, outside of the, outside the backfield, the playmakers on this team are all insanely young, all of them. All they have n- yeah. they have no veteran pass catchers on this team. Yep. Yeah, they also took Lou Nichols the third 
running back out of Central Michigan in round seven, and then Grant DuBose, wide receiver out of Charlotte in round seven. And uh, I watched actually a little bit of tape on Grant as well. Um, Might be a little bit underrated because of where he played, but he had some pretty impressive um, highlights and film. So, again, another young guy. They're just going to have to compete in training camp and see where everyone lands. But um, let's move on, I think. The Houston Texans drafting C.J. Stroud, number two overall out of Ohio State, the quarterback who requested that they draft this next guy, Nathaniel Tank Dell, wide receiver out of Houston, and they did so in round three at the 69th pick overall. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, that's all you got to (laughs) say? Uh, 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 very cool of them to do that I was reading this story earlier today and I was like oh, okay so when they drafted CJ Shroud he told the Texans I want Tank Doe and we're talking was this early third round page number 69 yeah yeah. Uh, essentially he texted Tank Dell and said I told them I want you and within minutes, he got the phone call from the Texans, and they were drafting him. I mean, hey, he's going to get his chance. He's 160 fucking pounds, but you know <laughs> that's a lot of draft capital to spend on a guy that's 160 pounds. But if the quarterback likes him, and you know they want to build around CJ, then I think Tank's going to get every opportunity in the world to uh, to be a playmaker for this team. For sure. Not to mention, I mean. Can you name another receiver on this Houston Texans roster right now? Uh, Xavier Hutchinson, the drafted in round six at number yeah, two. That's a cop out. That's a cop out. Any anybody they didn't draft? Right. Yeah. No. I mean, it's the gate. I mean, it's wide open. So I'll just say this: Tank Dell, his stat sheet. He he started a community college, transferred, did his whole thing, you know, went to Houston, played for the Cougars in 2020. His stat lines are extremely impressive. For his size, this guy is putting up massive fucking numbers. And we're talking, you know, in college, you're playing maybe 12 games most of the year, right? Am I, am I overdoing that? 12 to 14, depending on your schedule and bowl games and whatnot. Okay, so I mean, we're talking fourteen hundred yards, seventeen touchdowns, in thirteen games. This guy produces. He's mm. playing in the South, where it's the highest competition. Very interesting for how small he is. Very interesting indeed. Um could be a, a nice little sleeper for rookie dynasty drafts there. The Indianapolis Colts taking Anthony Richardson, number four over overall, the quarterback out of Florida. Um, I've seen, you know, in some, some areas where people are taking Anthony Richardson one Oh one overall in like uh rookie, like super flex drafts. Um, 
I mean, nope. insane ceiling. We know this. And he insane went ceiling. in terms of like the early quarterback takers, him going to Shane Steichen, who was the OC for Jalen Hurts the last few years. I mean, he couldn't have gone to a better situation with a play caller who will know how to utilize him properly, especially early in his career. Yep. And they also got a young receiver to pair him with out of North Carolina, Josh Downs, in uh, in the third round at 79 overall. I think a guy that you really like, Tyler. Um, he's got did. good opportunity here to to build with Richardson. Yeah, I liked him a lot. I just loved his tape. He, even though he's small, he plays hard as hell. Um, he actually was one of those guys that goes a little too much freelance um, in terms of his route running and things. He'll kind of just go out there and do what he wants to do based off what he sees on the defense. But with a guy like Anthony Richardson, who's probably going to be, you know breaking out of the pocket all the time. If they can find a connection where they are on the same page and they can figure out like where each other are going to go, he could end up having a very, very good uh, rookie season. I could see them developing into a huge connection down the road. I wouldn't say necessarily this first year, but I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Downs is extremely fancy relevant um, over in the next few years. Mm-hmm. Even though well, being like they got uh, nine, he's a small motherfucker, man. Well, a lot of receivers are, especially that we've been talking about. But again, when you look at his tape, he plays bigger than that. He's great. He's actually really great at catching, at getting balls through contact. Um, he just knows how to how to position himself to be able to to do that. He uses his hands, and again, he runs hard. Again, I brought up when we did the receiver rankings. He after the ball, when he catches the ball, and the way he plays, he plays a lot like Devon A. Chain, who was drafted by the Dolphins, the running back of Texas A&M. Even though they're both small. They don't play that way. They go in, they put their head in, in there. They love to, you know, create contact. And so it's just a guy that, like, as long as he can stay healthy, and that's the one worry with him, with him being smaller, you know, potential concussions, whatnot. You're not going to have to worry about him, like, not wanting to be on the field and shying away from contact. So he's okay, even though he's small. Well, it gives him a little bit of depth. You know, they got Michael Pittman, um, Alec Pierce, who they drafted last year, and now, now Josh Downs. So it kind of rounds out. They're they're receiving core a little bit, which I like. Um, and they spent pretty decent draft capital on them, so should get some opportunity. Um, they also took the Colts also took Will Mallory, tight end out of Miami in round five, and Evan Hole, running back out of Northwestern in round five as well. Um, let's move on to the final two teams here for this episode. Jacksonville Jaguars round two took uh brenton strange the tight end out of penn state number 61 overall uh went a little higher than i expected he was a little further down on on my tight end list but um apparently the jaguars liked him and um there's a oh oh my god i'm blanking uh evan ingram there right now um but so Brenton likely going to be the number two tight end in this offense. Yeah, he's not going to be much there. And you're right. He went much higher than most people thought. I think he was the third tight end draft. And I think most analysts and us ourselves had him at like the sixth or seventh, maybe even the eighth best tight end in the draft. So interesting to go there, but they clearly see something that they like. Um, and he's behind a guy with Evan Ingram that they can that he can learn from. Not to mention, Evan Ingram only did just sign a, fran- a franchise tag, not a long-term deal. So he could end up being their tight end one as early as next season. 
other notable picks by the Jags. They took uh, your boy Tank, Tank Bigsby, running back out of Auburn, round three, number 88 overall. He's huge. I mean, he legitimately, like, his name matches. He, he is a tank. He's going to be a great <laughs> yeah. compliment to to Travis Etienne. Um, I, he really is. Right yeah. off the bat, he's going to be a goal line guy. He's going to, that's the shitty thing about for Etienne owners is that he's going to yeah. steal touches at the goal line from him. But, you know, that alone, if he's, if the offense is going to be pretty prolific this year, as we saw last year, and I think it's going better this season, you could end up seeing him. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up with, you know, 10 to 12 touchdowns this year, just out of goal line touches. Yeah, it's like, it kind of sucks. It's one of those gut punches for fantasy football. I think it's a better NFL pick than it is for fantasy. Um, you know, him and ETN are, are going to eat in, eat into each other's fantasy production. Uh, so for fantasy managers, it's it's tough. I have ETN on our Dynasty Home League, and um, this really sucks, <laughs> you know, because I was really excited about ETN uh, next year. So takes away the goal line opportunities. You know, ETN's just going to have to make big plays in order to get into the end zone, I think, for the most part. So, But I, I do like Bigsby as a player, you know, I think. He's kind of could be one of those Jamal Williams types where just scores a shit ton of touchdowns just because of opportunity and ability to to find the end zone at the goal line. Two tanks in this. Two tanks. Yeah, two tanks. Yeah, man. I thought that was funny. Two tanks. They call me two tanks. They also took Parker Washington, wide receiver out of Penn State. I mean, James knows this, but uh, what? hold on. I think I, I think I muted you guys. Sorry, so, a video started playing in the background. Uh, but James knows this. Growing up, my nickname was Tank when we were playing football. Growing up, so I have to have a little bit of love for these guys named Tank. You're taking uh, you're taking Tank Bigsby 102 overall, right? Rookie draft. <laughs> yep. Oh, Screw Jameer Gibbs. It's all about Tank Bigsby. <laughs> one one all day. Uh, yeah, they take a wide receiver in the sixth round. Uh, last but not least, the Kansas City Chiefs in round two, number fifty-five overall. Another guy that I think went a little higher than people expected. Rasheed Rice, wide receiver out of SMU, is going to play with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, he's a different profile receiver than they have on the roster right now. Um, he's probably the biggest receiver they have at 6'1 and like 205. Um, game tape is inconsistent where like it thinks it looks like he needs more just more discipline and needs to be more focused on a play to play basis. But he was one of the guys that they brought in to specifically work out with Patrick Mahomes leading up to the draft. Um, I know those big headline was Zay Flowers did that. But she writes the same thing. And he's one of the reasons that he's drafted there is because Patrick Mahomes liked him. So if they already have a bit of a connection just based off of off-season workouts, don't be surprised if he ends up being a player in this in this fantasy season with the with the Chiefs. Only because like who else are they gonna throw the ball to outside of Travis Kelsey, obviously. Um, Rasheed Rice, I wouldn't be surprised, is the receiver number one or number two on this offense day one in the NFL. Yes, I agree. He's been skyrocketing up kind of dynasty rookie rankings as well, mostly because of the the landing spot. But um, 
I just worry about how good Patrick Mahomes is at spreading the ball around. But I think if Rasheed really develops into, you know, a dude, um, he's going to get a, a shit ton of targets. But if he's just a, another Juju Smith, you know, Patrick's just going to spread the ball around and and figure it out um, with Kelsey. But he's got the opportunity for sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously the obviously the concern is that they drafted Sky more last year. We were all super high on that, and then it didn't work out yeah. the way we were hoping it was going to. So, right. Ah, uh, but the time might be going with Sky more, and that's kind of what I was going to say. Is you know they have a. Not not a deep wide receiver room, but they have a deep team of people that Patrick Mahomes likes to throw the ball to. You know, Isaiah Pacheco, Kadarius Tony is kind of just like floating around. But um, is is Juju still on the team? Nope, he's in no. New England. Oh, so he's gone. Okay, so the opportunities have opened. But Kadarius Tony showed a lot of good flashes when he was in the Giants, not really on the Chiefs. And if Sky Moore was coming yeah. along. Like towards the end of the year, Sky Moore, me and you, Tyler, we both know this. We loved him in the offseason, uh, essentially a year ago before the season started. I was like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to be good. So he started getting more looks. So I'm with you guys. It, it's uh, a lighter wide receiver room than I thought it was. Yeah, I mean, Tony's interesting, but, like, he has just chronic hamstring injuries. It's like he's a walking hamstring pull. I don't understand it with him. I mean, they need to do something to strengthen up those hamstrings because it's insane how often he he pulls that. I don't know if it's, like, his quads are way too strong for versus the hamstrings. They gotta do something with him, but um, I mean, yeah, he in terms of that wide receiver room, I mean, he has all the all the ability in the world to become the receiver one there pretty damn quickly. All right, let's uh, wrap this thing up. Uh, again, bunch of freaking gabbers talk too much, and here we are an hour and a half later. But um, this will do it for this half Hell of yeah. the NFL draft recap. We will cover the rest of the teams uh, in the next episode, so stay tuned for that. Um, again, hit us up on Twitter at the FF fathers. Um, uh, we appreciate you all listening and, uh, go ahead and drink a beer for us, huh? <laughs> and have a, have a great rest of your week. Uh, we will talk to you guys all later. Cheers. Goodbye. Bye.